0: Yo yo yo! What's going on, Energy Fam? Welcome back to the next episode of Primal Alchemy's Red Pill Initiation Hour. Here with your host, Chris Story. First things first, want to say a massive thank you to each and every one of you that shows me your continuous love and support while I'm doing the work, getting these podcasts out. You know, I spend a lot of time on these pa- Spend a lot of time on these podcasts, guys. I record like maybe two or three every other night, and it really does mean the world to me when I get some feedback off you. Let me know what you think. If you think the podcast is good and you find it enjoyable and valuable for your own experience, for your own path of self actualization, your own hero's journey, then let me know. I really do appreciate everything that you guys give back in return to me. Just you listening to it is amazing, but. Again, I just want to know what I'm doing right, what I'm doing wrong, and how to make it a much better experience for you in the long run. So yeah, please, drop me a review on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher. If you're listening to this on Spotify, then jump over to Instagram afterwards. Hit me up at Primal Alchemy UK, and just say, dude, your podcast is legit. It is dope as fuck, and yeah. I'm really liking it. Or you can tell me, like, mate, I wasn't too fond on that guest. I thought they were a little bit shit. You know, just let me know. I'm not going to know else. And I'm thinking, guys, I'm thinking, um, for this episode, I'm going to try this out, see how it goes. If you like this episode or any episodes prior, for that matter, and you haven't done yet, if you drop me a review on iTunes and then screenshot that review once it's been posted and send it to me directly, either on my Instagram at Alchemy UK or on my email chris at PrimalAlchemy.co.uk, I'll give you I'll give you a fifteen percent discount code for PrimalAlchemy.co.uk now. If that is too much trouble to ask, then hey, guys, I always gave you our exclusive 10% discount code at PrimalAlchemy.co.uk just for listening. So that's going to be the code REDPILL. That's the code REDPILL that when used at checkout, you'll get 10% off anything within your shopping basket at the time of purchase. Now, if you're brand new to the Primal Alchemy brand, then this is your perfect opportunity, guys. Hit up primoalchemy.co.uk, check out what we've got to offer. At this moment in time, we've got our flagship organic whey protein superfood blend that's called Vitruvium Protein, forged with adaptogenic nootropic prebiotic herbs that I source from all across the globe. I uh, yeah, it's it's all on me, guys. I formulated it myself. I as you guys know if you've listened to this for a while everything that I talk of I embody and I would not offer anything to you guys that I wouldn't take myself or that I'm a hundred percent wholeheartedly standing behind so yeah check out vitruvian protein only product on the market to be certified organic keto certified paleo certified made here in the big UK so yeah check it out uh other than that, guys, moving on to today's episode, we have Mr. Blaine Allison. So a few of you guys may not be aware of who Blaine is. He goes under the, al- the alias? Is that, the, is that a word? Alias? Fuck, I don't know how to say that. You know what I mean. He goes under the name of Phi the Poet. Uh, If you haven't followed him yet, he is a movement, functional fitness coach based out in Belgium. But he is also a part-time conscious hip-hop artist. Now, I know what you're thinking, Chris, what the hell? What has this got to do with my own journey? Well, guys, I've had a lot of people reach out and say, dude, man, that intro that you've got for the podcast is fucking sick. And yeah, Blaine's the guy that I worked with to get it done. And you can tell just from the lyrics alone that it's a it's on a little bit of a different level than most. So obviously to be working with someone and to be able to create that sort of content, Blaine's on a certain level himself and he's a very interesting guy. And yeah, I wanted to make this happen for a long time. He's very philosophical in nature We both have a fascination with the great Manly P. Hall, who I've probably burnt out his name now, because I talk about him like every podcast. And um, yeah, we just had a really good discussion. We were talking about the whole creative process, how to tap into that creative force within you to allow you to express yourself. That's what it's all about, guys. Life is art. Very esoteric. Very interesting thing to say. A lot of context behind that as well. Very multi-layered. By what I mean when I say life is art, but you're going to pick that up. You're going to pick up what I mean in a deeper sense throughout the podcast. So I hope you enjoy this one. And if you do, then show show uh, show Blaine some love. He would very much appreciate it. He's very of uh, cut from the same cloth as myself and. Any any little bit of feedback would mean the world to us guys. Like really. We're doing this for you. And we would yeah, it would just mean the world. So please reach out to Blaine afterwards. I'll link his Instagram account into the show notes. And yeah, just let him know. And I'm sure it would make his day. Other than that, guys, let's get shit started. And just remember that this is gonna this is Blaine that's that's singing this song now. So uh yeah, as always, Morpheus.
1: So, below what lies without resides within. Time for growth to begin. Mental, physical, and spiritual. We find balance with all three as we focus on totality. The whole, not the half. This is for those on a spiritual path. Looking for the clues to the answers of life But the truth ain't always nice So leave your ego at the door Let your inner lion roar And your spirit soar As we go deep down to the molecular level Tap into the body with some yogic breath Throw in some calisthenics for a true strength test Like the shamans of old We use the nature to heal With a little bit of DMT to reveal This whole life journey is a little surreal And your mind needs a leader Not a follower in life Let your mind be the master And you pay a hefty price This next 60 minutes is about self mastery it's not an easy path and it's a lifelong journey but we up to power with this red pill initiation hour with this red pill initiation hour brought to you by prama open
2: the matrix is the world that has been pulled over your eyes to blind you from the truth
0: three two one and oh sweet Zeus guys we're back we're back episode 40 guys slowly starting to rack the episodes up as we progress through this series of podcasts as we start dropping some truth and waking the world up so yeah anyway guys real interesting episode today uh it's gonna be a good one prior to me beginning to talk if this is the first time you've heard this you probably uh Cool wind of the dopest fuck soundtrack for this podcast. And if you haven't and you skipped that part to get to this, then, then, yeah, rewind a little bit and listen to the podcast because I got the guy on that sings the fucking theme song. And this is going to be a good one, guys. Really looking forward to this. Uh, today's guest is Mr. Blaine Allison. And Blaine has a magnitude, multitude a wide spectrum of skill sets and experiences. Uh, one of them being, well, the Mr. Universal Mind, Uni- Mr. Universal Rhymes himself. And uh, yeah, he's just a real interesting character. And like literally just listening to the theme song alone for the, uh, for the podcast really opens you up to the type of level that he's operating on because me and him, uh, yeah, me and him went back and forth for a little bit, trying to get the right beat, trying to get the right sort of, context to the song and he fucking nailed it guys he nailed it and i've had so much great feedback from you guys loving the soundtrack. like yo where did you get that rap from and yeah i think it's i think the best uh poa when it came to breaking this down was just to get the man on himself and explore his mind and hopefully we can uh all learn something from today's episode so yeah blame thanks for coming on brother
2: no worries, man. My pleasure. It's always weird when someone digs you up like that. It's always weird to hear.
0: <laughs> oh man, you deserve uh, it. I'm not going to, uh, I'm not a bullshitter and definitely the people that's that, good. Just, that's good. Yeah. The people that deserve the praise, man, they, you need to give it out and you need to be uh show the love, share the love. And for you, dude, like, yeah, I'm just like for anyone who's unaware of what you're about. Can you give us a bit of a breakdown of who, uh, Phi the Poet is, or is it the path of Phi nowadays? Uh
2: Yeah, so like my Instagram page is the path of Phi. It's just, yeah, kind of alludes to, uh, you know, a path to growth, the path to, you know, self-enfoldment, that kind of thing. But indeed, my uh MC name is uh, Phi the Poet. Yeah, you got mm-hmm. it.
0: Yeah, so uh Blaine, just give us a bit of a background for everyone who may be unfamiliar with your work and unfamiliar with your art and talent and craft let us know about yeah what do you do man like what you because i know that that like by the poets just the uh, the pseudonym that you go under i know that there's a there's a whole other life to uh, blaine allison as well that course, yeah. is interesting so we can cover quite a diverse range of subjects on this one so uh, yeah, yeah just hit dude. us up give us a bit of uh, background on you and how you got to where you are today and then we're uh oh, we'll branch man. off from there mate <laughs>
2: Okay, I'll try, I'll try not to make the story too long, um, and I won't go back too far. Um, yeah, I guess uh, uh, I it started when I uh, wanted to kind of do my yoga teacher training, and I'd always been um, yeah, hip hop had always played a big big role in my life. It had always kind of had a lot of influence, uh, and unfortunately, I kind of fell into like the commercial trapped like many, many young kids do. We just don't know any better, I don't think, when we're 14, 15 years old, you know, partying, popping bottles, you know, all this kind of thing really seems super cool. And it wasn't uh, until I went on my yoga teacher training uh, and into my, uh, like, 18, 19 is when I started to kind of get more into a conscious rap, conscious hip-hop. Uh, and that's when I started kind of expanding my mind, reading Books by Bruce Lee. That was one of the first few books I started reading. That kind of led into Taoism, Buddhism books, and then it just kind of, you know, spiraled uh, up from there. Um, And then, so when I went on my uh, yoga teacher training in Guatemala, um, it had uh, we were kind of just doing a little, uh, I guess, talent uh, showcase, if you will, and. And um, well, I just decided to to write uh, uh, a spoken word uh, rap. And I did it and everybody really enjoyed it. And, you know, from there, I just thought, you know, hey, I started, I started writing, you know, as a way to help with, uh, you know, my awakening, my, it really helped with getting my thoughts out and uh, expressing myself. It's always an excellent way to express yourself. And so when I started doing that, I started thinking, and I was I had some roommates uh over the years, and they would hear me and they' would be like man like that that sounds awesome i mean you you need to put your stuff out there like don't stop writing, keep doing what you're doing and then so it kind of just unfolded from there. it began as a way to kind of help with my growth, help with my you know pain uh that I had been through in my life, and then it became a way to hopefully inspire others and uplift others to grow and uh get into the whole self enfoldment uh education kind of thing. Uh and yeah, it just kind of spider web from there. It's all just one big interconnected uh web. So that's kind of the the short end of the story.
0: Yeah, dude. It's um it's always fascinating to talk to people that come from a art um that they're pursuing some form of art form like art is very close to my heart like I have went through certain stages in my own life of being young I was naturally geared towards art like the creative sort of uh yeah the creative path and then as I started to grow and I got to like 14 15 you get a bit of testing you, you get a little bit of aggression you want to yeah, get yeah, you yeah. want to get Yeah, you you wanna get hench as fuck. And then I started to push that aside. So I was like, I don't want any of this pussy bullshit art. (laughs) It's like fuck that, man. I wanna get on the weights. And then yeah, yeah, but eventually, man, it's it's that it's just that balancing of energies. It's that you you gotta go through both extremes. Like when you're when you're in that creative zone, you're sort of channeling that divine feminine, the the creative force of nature. And then when you start getting into the, you start to ground yourself and you start to really feel the body and then build the body. It's like, you've got that focus, determination, that goal set mentality of like the masculine energy. And then I kind of just fell between those two. Um, And then eventually once I got a taste of both, I was like, shit, I can just be both.
2: Yeah. yeah. I
0: don't don't need to identify myself as the, uh, as this me or that me, that was me in the past. It's like, hey man, I've got that natural sort of spark of creativity in me and I embrace that and everything that it brings. And then, yes, what is embracing being like, quote unquote, alpha? If yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it's, the con- and it's a combination of both that you start to, when you start to unify those energies and work with them, then it really opens you up to, uh, yeah, a whole new reality. And then when you can channel that, you channel that sort of transcended um, sort of outlook of reality into art, then that's when you start getting art that sort of really speaks to people on a much deeper level. And that's why I was yeah. so interested in your work to begin with, Blaine. Like, yeah. I, I like, again, I really love music, and, and but the, like, I went first, I'm kind of still in the stage now where I really like instrumental music. Though mm-hmm. that works more just instrumental music it, you haven't got lyrics to kind of guide you at all and it's really more sort of playing within the right hemisphere just allowing your imagination to be yeah guided by the beat by rhythm and yeah you can really get deep into visuals but at the same time when you go off into doing uh some yeah lyricists and you hear different uh lyrics it's all for me like i don't want to listen to bullshit i don't want yeah, to listen to shit that's Doesn't resonate with you, and that's why it's so great to listen to yourself because it, you've got yeah, it's like you said, conscious rap, conscious hip hop, and it's it's combiner it's combining the rhythm and the beat, but also with lyrics that actually mean something. Me and there's there's so many layers to the meaning behind it as well. Like for example, I know you're big into Manly P. Hall, someone who's been like a massive uh, influence in my life as well, and just I see a lot of those teachings, those esoteric teachings. That is that sort of deep spiritual wisdom that's sort of uh, interwoven in your lyrics. And, yeah, it it really does make it a blast to listen to. I mean, it just adds a whole new level to the experience of listening to not just music, but also like a mirror of what's going on in the internal you, if you know what I mean.
2: May, uh, I, that, was, that was kind of the, the goal as well. At first, I was a little bit apprehensive about starting to put that stuff in there. I was kind of thinking to myself, uh, you know, are people are people going to get it? Is it going to be too deep for people to grasp? Uh, you know, and then I started uh, coming from the other end, you know, like I want people to think. I want people to, uh, you know, reflect on my lyrics. And, you know, even if they have to go and, and research a punchline or a metaphor or something, you know, I really make sure I really make an effort to try and weave that stuff in as uh, as seamlessly as possible. And you know, I just want to go back to uh, you talking about uh, masculinity and femininity for femininity for a sec because you know, there's uh, a lot of times you hear now people talking about toxic uh, feminists, and but nobody talks about like toxic masculinity, uh, which there's a, a huge problem with nowadays and it's really about this you know alpha be this alpha male and you know even we've tied now nutritional uh or diet choices to um you know whether or not you're masculine or feminine i mean that's just so bizarre to me and it's funny because oftentimes i see guys who consider themselves alpha males they're the most insecure you know confident. they just put on this front you know and I mean to me that shows more of who you are as an individual if you need to put on this uh, alpha male front that shows more to me who you are character wise than you know someone who doesn't need to put that on um and so yeah I, eventually I want to kind of start talking about that stuff more and I mean you've seen some of the videos that I do uh also just kind of touching on uh, the state of the world and the state of our society, so i kind of li- i like to really talk about this stuff and uh, get down to the, the nitty and gritty of it so to speak
0: yeah and it's again it 's an important point to uh bring up because the world itself we 're just lit we're running off we 're running off a system that 's fueled by imbalance and yeah. because it 's been that way for so long it 's like the shadow the shadow aspect of the the male and the female the masculine and the feminine it's just it that's literally everything's inverted that's that's how we that's the lens in which we see the world through it's through the the shadow masculine is the way that we're conditioned and programmed from a young age and one of the one book that's really um so fucking powerful it's called uh king warrior magician lover and it's um it's all about the the main archetypes of the divine masculine. And when you look, when you give it a good read and it breaks down like the shadow aspects of the king, which would be like the boyish childish prince. And then you've got the shadow aspect of the warrior, which is going to be like the barbarian, the shadow aspect of the magician, which is like the dark magician shadow yeah. aspect of the lover, which is going to be like the, the jealous, uh, yeah, the jealous sort of hate-filled, um, yeah, person, and it's like you you start to see those traits uh, within most me- within a lot within a lot of guys. It's that it's that that old school man the fuck up approach to things. Yeah, that yeah, is, yeah. That's yeah. If, at one point in time, it was necessary, um, but we we're past that now. We're at, we're at a point in time. We're in a point of the world's history where it's it's damaging and it's the the whole shadow masculinity is given rise to the shadow femininity and you've got this toxic sort of feminism that's on the rise which is not what's going to be needed to bring the divine masculine out the only thing that will be able to give rise to the divine masculine is the divine feminine Mm. so and vice versa really so until we stop kind of segregating separating creating that us versus them approach and that that kind of you can scale that to so many different levels within our consciousness and the way that the world works we we're not gonna fight we're not gonna find that union and that's why it's it's great that you're doing your work man because like you said you 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 didn't know if you should go too deep to begin with and then you throw some shit in there and you're like, ah, well, people can search it up. And that's what it's all about. It's like planting seeds. Like people might be like, oh shit, that's a good rhyme. I like that. And he's like, fuck, I don't even know what that means. And then they might look (laughs) it up and then they're they're just taking down down the the, uh, rabbit hole, open up Pandora's box and some, uh, some crazy shit. And uh, yeah, man. So it's like, I'd love to be able to uh, just have your say on, Like, where does the inspiration come from when you're sort of, when you're in flow, when you're creating these rhymes? Is it something that you kind of, do you do it from a musical perspective where you're looking at, like, the rhythm and the beats per minute and you're just, like, seeing what fits? Or is it something where you're just thinking of a theme in your head and you're kind of flowing through that and just allowing words to come to you, allowing themes to come to you and so on?
2: Yeah, it's, uh, you know, I'm not... uh, I'm not the type of guy who's looking at uh, analyzing the beats per minute. You know, I was never even, uh, when I first started writing, I didn't even know how it was done. You know, I didn't know there was a whole kind of science behind uh, rapping. A lot of people just think it's, uh, you know, rhyming words over a beat, but there's so much more to it. There's rhythm delivery, there's styles, there's cadences, uh, you know, punchline metaphors. There's a whole science behind it. And so I've always just had, I was just talking about this today as well, I've always just kind of had like an ear for for rhythm Um, and I just, I feel it. Yeah, it's hard to explain it. I just feel it. That's the best way I can put it. Uh, And so when I hear a beat, I can really just get in tune with it um, right away. Just as an example, I was, um, when I was in Australia, um, living there for a couple of years, I was collaborating with this one singer And, um, I had an idea for a song and we came together and we were writing and just in the middle of the process, I was like, ah, you know, maybe we change, uh, the beat up. Um, and so I changed the beat up and automatically I was able to just hit the the beats, uh, and hit the rhythm. And she was like, she's like, wow. Um, and she, she, she was kind of struggling. She had to take some time to find her rhythm again. And so she, she told me, she's like, wow, you're, you were just able to go on the beat like two seconds after we just changed the beat. That's pretty uh, incredible. And so one of the things, um, yeah, I just, I feel it. And then the inspiration comes from anything and everywhere. I really try to incorporate, you know, I grew up in the 80s. So I, um, you know, I grew up on cartoons like X-Men, um, reading a lot of comic books, um, you know, watching a lot of those kind of, uh, back in the golden days of cartoons and stuff. So I kind of, I sometimes I implement pop culture as well. Um, yeah. You know, I, like, I don't watch too much TV, but I watch, uh, there's a couple of shows that I enjoy watching and I try and incorporate them into the, uh, the rhymes just to, yeah, I just see how creative I can be with it and really try to set myself apart because there's, I find even now with some of the good um, MCs, they really, uh stick to like one kind of theme like i don't you probably know are aware of loki uh in the uk he's uh really amazing mc He's a big inspiration for me but he kind of just takes things from uh it's really political really which is fine um but, you know i want to i want to take from there i want to take from you know a little bit of pop culture or a little bit of esotericism uh you know ancient wisdom this kind of thing plato pythagoras uh and yeah i just kind of see where it leads me it's I've always kind of been had a creative mind for that kind of stuff and just being able to really push my creativity to the limit uh and so yeah I try to take from any and all uh mm-hmm. inspiration that I can.
0: yeah one of the one of the points you made then is by just feeling the beat yeah. um it's something that rings a bell with me because a close friend of mine, we were, we were having a discussion about the divine feminine or just femininity in itself. And, um, I w- we were just going back and forth about how males have such a hard time understanding, understanding like the female side of like the feminine. And, you know, and
2: even, and even just expressing emotions, man, you know, now yeah. that's become so, I mean, Oh fuck, you know, don't cry about things. Don't show any kind of emotions my partner was even
1: saying
2: the other day she trains um, with this guy at the gym, and he's so he's so vulnerable that he's afraid to show his vulnerability. So it's that kind of thing.
0: Yeah, and, and basically what she was saying is that she was like, you can't understand the f- you can't understand the feminine energy. You have to feel it, mm-hmm. and that's it, man. Like that's it. With when you get when you get into these creative. Um, sort of zones these creative flows it's not something that you try to analytically or logically understand it's something that you feel and it's a yeah yeah, it's a different it's a different it's a whole different ball game because when she said that i was like ah yeah that makes perfect sense that's what it's that's what it's about and it's that's that's the feminine essence right there it's feeling. Yeah. And if you can and then, if you can then do both like that, then again it 's the same thing because then if you 're locked into that paradigm of just feeling you don 't necessarily understand, and I feel like it 's the combination of the understanding and the feeling is where the intuition grows, and then that into that intuitive wisdom is what grows out of those of that balance and yeah it 's just it's just it 's really interesting man when you 're working with these energies and how they manifest in every creative, every creative uh, piece of work. And that can be from being an artist, that can be from being like a, if you're like a screenwriter, a scriptwriter, if you're, if you're a lyricist, if just all of, all of these things. And it's all, people are just unconsciously tapping into that, Mm -hmm. into that divine feminine, which is something that, yeah, like you said, most guys are just completely uh, mute to either yeah. consciously or subconsciously either they don't want to be seen to be in touch with their emotions because of the picture that's portrayed from being so or, or they're some...
2: completely out of touch with yeah themselves. <laughs> yeah sorry.
0: or they're just completely out of touch due yeah. to um programming and conditioning when they're younger maybe past trauma yeah. where they've cut themselves off from that from that feeling from yeah, yeah. just allowing themselves to feel and it's it's so it's such an important um such an important ability in life to have and it doesn't necessarily have to even be through creative pursuits either just the ability no, no. to feel it's it, yeah it's like that's that's what it's about that's why that's why our spirit is kind of locked into this avatar that we're uh that we're sort of viewing the world through in this incarnation is to experience and to feel because when you're fucking in spirit form man you you can't feel shit because you're everything so you can't distinguish anything yeah, yeah when we when we come down into this realm and we're allowed to express and receive emotion it's that's part of the game and if you lock yourself off from that then you're just robot you're robotic yeah, yeah,
2: did you um, have you ever heard of uh manly p hall's
0: uh, talk where he talks about intuition i haven't read that one though no. is, is that a lecture that he's got on youtube it's yeah it's a lecture
2: it's, a, it's it's funny you mentioned intuition because and you mentioned uh like feeling it and you know one of the things he talks about in that lecture is he talks about not only intuition being the sixth sense um mm-hmm. but he also talks about uh, intuition being more of a feminine thing women are usually more attuned to this sixth sense intuition Whereas in men, it needs to be cultivated uh, a little bit more. So you might you might find that quite interesting because it's uh, it's really an interesting talk. But he has some interesting uh, points of views and insights, as always, uh, into intuition.
0: Yeah, tell me about it, man. I know I know what it's like for female intuition. There's a uh, plenty of times with my ex where she was just on point with her intuition, and I was just like, fuck. Fuck! Fuck! What do I do? What do I do? Like, not that like I did anything bad, but she could. They, just, yeah. Like, when someone's in touch with their intuition, they just know. It's almost yeah. like it's. It's yeah. It's like the sixth sense. It's very psychic. It's very. It's
1: it's, it's that it's that gut feeling that we
2: ignore, and one, one of the thing that mainly P. Hall says. He says, um, you know, if we learn to kind of quiet the mind, and we learn to kind of um, listen to that initial, you know, gut feeling, as uh, we would call it, that's our intuition that's kind of like the um it's almost like a premonition happening i'm sure you've experienced it where you're in this um situation and your initial thought is something that you question and then the mind kind of comes and takes over and we start analyzing and yeah criticizing and the mind goes, "Ah, oh, no, maybe we don't take that stuff and then after the event or situation argument, whatever happens, you go back and you're like, Oh shit. I initially thought this was my initial course of action that I thought I should have taken was correct. You know, my initial intuition was correct. And so I think if we just learn to kind of, this is, and this is talking about cultivating it within men. um, You know, if we just learn to kind of quiet the mind and still the mind, which is not an easy thing to do, um, we can, Tap into that more, and it's an interesting thing when you do. Um, I've had it co- happen a couple of times, it's quite interesting.
0: What sort of practices do you do, man?
2: Um, so, I do, oh man, I really want to uh, nail my meditation practice. I've been um, kind of on and off with that for, for years now, and it's I really want to develop a, a more solid, more consistent habit with it. But, meditation. I told you I was a yoga instructor, Um, so I do that. Breathing exercises, Um, I do cold exposure, like I go uh, swimming in uh, an outdoor swimming pool that we have here. Um, But just, I think, just daily mindfulness, you know, that's also um, meditation doesn't always have to be sitting in a quiet room, you know, with your eyes closed. I think we need to put that into uh, practice in our everyday lives and just being more mindful Um, And then when you're more mindful, let's say either by focusing on your breath, when you're in your daily life, um, or just being aware of your thoughts, you can catch those uh, intuition moments, you know, maybe I shouldn't do that. Oh, maybe, maybe I should do this. You know, it's really, it's interesting that you kind of, when you cultivate trying to quiet your mind that you kind of get in touch with that intuition. It's, yeah.
0: yeah, it's it's a hard one. It's a hard one to uh, to implement into your life, especially when you first start meditating. Because you sit there and you're just so so many thoughts just like just flow in, and it's yeah. most people um, most people just call it quits after like five yeah. minutes. They're like, "Fuck this, I'm yeah. good." And yeah. it's yeah, it's it's a you have to have discipline, and it's a practice, and you have to, it. just just yeah. as you as if you were to go and train in the gym. And you have that mentality of like, right, I'm going to do this training and this is what I'm going to, these are my goals and these are my sort of, um, this is how I envision it going. You also have to do the same with your meditation. Like it is a practice and it doesn't, mm-hmm. it's, it doesn't come a, it's not easy. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, there's, um, let me just, what, what a, what style of meditation do you do, man? Because I've got this thing that I've been using recently. I just want to get it up. It's called, there's an app called Mm -hmm. Mm meditate.me and it's a really cool app where it comes with some uh it's got like some binaural beats attached to it and there's like affirmations tuned into it so it puts you into a theta state of um, operation so the theta state is going to be in between
2: is someone talking?
0: In no, it? oh, no, okay. it's, it's, it just, it's, so it's just like a feta binaural beat, which is going yeah. to, which is like the sort of mind state that children are kind of walking around with most of the time, which is just basically their subconscious is just open. So it allows you to tune shit in and to recode, reprogram the subconscious. And it's just got like an overlay of like, like most meditative tracks of just like um the ocean, just like crashing in on the shore. And then within that, it's got different affirmations for different tracks, so you can get one that I listen to every day. I do like a fir- so as soon as I wake up, I'll drink like a pint of water, distilled water of course, and mm-hmm. then I will do the thirty minutes listening to that. And it's the flow and synchronicity one. And I'm telling you, man, it's like people are dubious about that shit, and they think that it's all woo woo pseudoscience. But I'm telling you that. That's since I've been doing that, I've had some crazy synchronicities in my life, like legit, like unexplainable in, in how it's just literally within so I've been doing this for about January 1st. Almost three months now. Well, I guess two two complete months. Yeah, so two months. Uh every morning doing the 30 minutes. And within the first within the first ten days, I was probably seeing results where because i'm pretty alert and like you said mindful of things um i was like oh what a coincidence is that a coincidence or is that synchronicity um, uh, yeah just little things like that and it's like so yeah these tracks, cool. you should definitely give that a go sometime i mean that the flow and synchronicity one is just a it's just one of many different um sort of uh tracks that they have they have loads of ones for like love and gratitude ones for like the manifest prosperity ones for like astral travel which yeah i I do that one in the evening but had haven't had no uh astral experiences yet but uh waiting on that one but um yeah it's it's the the whole meditative act itself man it's um it's just one of those that's just a bit just i think it's very alien for a lot of people the way that we are yeah. Conditioned and programmed in life, it's like you you go to school and then you're taught that it's all about being productive, Pro- like and the way and the ways of increasing productivity. Productivity is everything, and mm-hmm. obviously meditating. Bit of, like again, depending on what level you look at it, taking an hour, thirty minutes to meditate, it's not increasing your productivity. When in essence, it actually does but still it's um yeah people just people just suffer so did you so what are you doing nowadays with your meditation have you got did you say that you want to get back into routine or you're trying to find a routine
2: yeah a little bit of both get back into it for a while there i was really up at uh five in the morning doing a meditation five five thirty give or take Mm. uh doing a meditation and then doing a little bit of yoga that was awesome um but what i do is it And, you know, I'm going to go back to Manly P. Hall here with meditation. I'm going to maybe drop his name a lot.
0: Yeah, man, (laughs) trust that. I've got no no quarrels with
2: that. (laughs) (laughs) You know, one of the things he says um, about meditation is, you know, meditation is an excellent tool, um, but it needs to re-educate the mind. You know, what are we meditating on? And that's why he says it needs to re-educate the mind. It needs to... um, you know, have some sort of growth involved rather than just meditating on, uh, nothing. Um, and you know, so sometimes I do like also putting, um, the sofugio. I, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. The suffugio, uh frequencies.
0: I know that. Yeah. It's like sofiyagi. I know how to, I yeah, know, yeah. I know in my head, I just can't pronounce it. I know yeah.
2: Yeah. Anyway, they used it in, um, the, the hymns, uh, of the, uh, the church back in the days um and so sometimes i put those on but sometimes i also just like to sit quiet um you know and just go over things go observe my thoughts see what's coming um into my mind uh and you know try as best as possible because i know it's not easy to confront my weaknesses um that i have in life uh and just see if i can remedy those uh Also, another good thing to do is um, Pythagoras did this. um, It was called uh, introspection. And so what what he would do um, is at the end of the day, he would write down his day. Um, And through that, you start to kind of gain like a really deep uh, insight into yourself. Um, And so at the end of the day, the Pythagoreans, they would, you know, write down their Uh, day what they did uh, what choices they made this kind of thing and through that you really develop a deep insight into yourself you really you know as they say um, uh, you can't really understand other people until you know yourself and even that old axiom you know know thyself that's when you start to do things like that you really develop a deep insight into yourself and you know Buddha said, you know, this world we live in is a school, not a playground. And so I think that stuff is important. You mentioned going to school and being uh, productive. But I mean, where has our education system got us today? I mean, we have a completely uh, sick society. You know, not to quote uh, Judo Krishnamurti on that, but I mean, he was spot on when he said that, that we live in a completely sick society. And, you know, so things like meditation, they do bring value. It's just, you know, when you mentioned woo-woo, science is just now catching up with what a lot of the ancients uh, knew, people like Buddha, about meditation uh, and the deeper understanding of not only the universe but ourselves. You know, science is just catching up with that now. They're using meditation in prisons um, for, you know, some of the most hardened uh, individuals. Uh, you can imagine, you know, they're using meditation now to treat PTSD um, from, you know, soldiers coming back from war, um, you know, depression, anxiety, all this stuff. And then, you know, kind of webbing off into that, you know, now they're using psilocybin and ayahuasca to do the same thing, to treat PTSD, depression, anxiety, you know, and this whole model of um you know, treating depression, anxiety with, you know, these pills, these pharmaceuticals is just completely ridiculous. But yet we, um, we stick to it and we think of it as the norm, you know, going back to the system that's, you mentioned the system that's completely out of balance. I mean, I don't know what's more, you know, out of balance than that. Relying on a system that just provides a band-aid for something rather than going to the root cause of things, which I think you know, to come full circle, meditation, ayahuasca, psilocybin can—you know, there are tools for that.
0: Yeah, I think so as well, man. There, are um, again—it's uh, there's there's so many tools that are at our disposal. Ones that are free and like, yeah, most most of the most of it's free. Like, real tools for human growth, spiritual growth are free. I mean, okay, to be fair, you got to go and pay to get some psilocybin mushrooms, and you got to pay yeah. to go fucking over to peru and get some ayahuasca down here but in essence that's so free or holland you're doing it in holland now yeah i've heard <laughs> of, i've heard about this i've been i was actually introduced to um a retreat in denmark as well ah uh, cool that, they, that they're doing some good uh Iowa- yeah but good. holland is legal it's yeah not-
2: yeah indeed it is yeah ah. psilocybin legal there as well but in the Netherlands. um they have some really good retreats there, and um, the one organization that I went through, they actually brought a proper Peruvian shaman over uh, to do a couple ceremonies.
0: Nice, man. Uh, what now, did you and do? That,
2: and that was awesome.
0: The Ayahuasca. Uh,
2: yeah, yeah, indeed. Yeah, twice, twice so now what, I've done.
0: What, what was that like for you?
2: Oh man, it's an, it's incredible. It's such a dissolvery dis- boundary dissolving experience. It's really, I mean, I can't. Uh, I know a lot of people say they kind of err on the side of caution and say, Oh, it's not for everybody. Um, you know, but I think it's important that, you know, people should experience this, you know, whether or not they should do some individual growth first before, Mm. I mean, it took me, I did before I did it, I did, uh, like six months of research and I had already been doing, uh, you know, individual group growth for years and years. So maybe some people need a little bit more time than others. Um, I think it's, yeah, it was, I had this really, to answer your question, I had this really, you know, out of, the first time around, I had this out-of-body experience. It was basically, a, yeah, that's the only way I can imagine it. You know, these uh, hands, like it only, the only way I could liken it to it was just like, these were the creators. They were the hands of the creators, whatever uh, you want to make of that. And they just kind of started lifting uh, my soul or my spirit out of my body. Um, and then I started to get a little bit scared. I was like, Whoa, man, what, uh, it was, it was really, man, it was as visceral as anything I could touch, you know, here around me now. Um, and so I was like, Oh man, what if I let them continue to carry, you know, my soul or my spirit away? Am I going to wake up even though I was awake, which is weird, weird. You're still conscious. Um, but I just, I just told them, I'm like, look, you know, I, I still have some things, uh that i want to do here on earth and they just very gently um kind of brought me back down and they cocooned me in the earth and the only thing i can kind of equate it to was like a rebirth mm-hmm. um, but now looking back on it i kind of wish they would have uh taken me i would i would have let them take me because i've listened to some of graham hancock's uh experiences and
0: (laughs) when they're like we've got you now yeah yeah yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. and
1: one of the things that he mentioned
2: and some and some other people have mentioned as well that they get access um you know just to digress for a minute i i I really believe that you kind of connect it with this universal consciousness when you go on to ayahuasca and so a lot of people some of their stories they get given like a book or they get given uh some knowledge but they can't take the book with them. They have to kind of go through as much as they can while they're in that situation. Mm. And one thing of Graham Hancock's experiences was his was beings that were taking him somewhere to show him something. And he kind of said the same thing. I think he he mentioned that he got a little bit frightened because it was one of his uh, first times. And he said, no, no, I don't want to go. And now he said the same thing. I wonder what they would have shown me. And he, he said, he's never had that experience again. So, yeah, <sighs> yeah. That was that was my first experience. Yeah.
0: And what was the second one like?
2: Uh, I dealt a lot with, the second one was with the, the Peruvian shaman. It was awesome. Beautiful, beautiful ceremony. Um, the second one, I dealt a lot with uh, uh, just fear uh, and doubt. That's something that I've really kind of been struggling with my whole life. Um, yeah, and death. Um, I, was in, I was in the military for... Um, almost five years when I was a little bit younger. Uh, and I had an event happen where I really literally looked like death right at the eyes. Uh, but I won't go into that. And so I really dealt, um, yeah, a lot with that. It was really powerful, really, um, just confronting with myself, but also I went through this experience where, um, I was going through all the different Aboriginal tribes, whether it's the Australian Aboriginals, the Canadian Aboriginals, the United States, the North South American, and I was really Mother Ayahuasca was showing me their pain, and I was really feeling it. I really, and not in a physical sense, but just on that, you know, spiritual level where I was really in tuned with the pain that they had been through. Mm. Um, but I still got shown that kind of rebirth and death cycle. And so that was really powerful for me to kind of see that. Um, And one thing that kind of sticks in my mind when the ceremony was kind of ending, I just kind of did like the, the the namaste thing uh, and put my thumb to my, my third eye and I saw a picture of uh, the swastika. Now, not the one that we know of from the Nazis, but the one that the Buddhists use and many other, uh, societies and civilizations as used before that and i the and so i found that interesting and i st- and that's when i started kind of looking into the symbolism and the deeper meanings of symbols because that's pretty uh quite an interesting
0: rabbit hole to go down as well yeah for sure it is and it's like these symbols are sacred for a reason yeah, and yeah, they yeah, sort deep- of perverted and inverted in order with the the nazi symbol but yeah yeah, the swastika is something that's been around for thousands of years and it holds so much spiritual wisdom encoded within it and you might not think it just looking at it but if you understand how to read symbolism which is what our boy manly was all about like yeah yeah that's what like Freemasonry is really about. It's about understanding symbolism and symbolism can encode so much more information than a word can. Yeah. So instead of just,
2: he, he also, he also um, speculates that that was the universal language, you know, symbolism was possibly the universal language that we have.
0: Yeah. I was, um, I was, I was having this discussion the other day. I was uh, with someone on the podcast called Laurel or and we were discussing um, language and symbolism. And just like, if you look at the ancient Egyptians, obviously their language was, or their written language was in hieroglyphs, which is obviously symbolic. <laughs> and, yeah, yeah, yeah. and basically you don't read that with an analytical, like logical mind. You read it with the right side of the brain, which is symbolism. So it's, we don't really understand what they were trying to say. Like we we've, we've got it from our perspective, from our, our sort of rational way of thinking of how we think that they would have um, associated meaning to those symbols, but we don't actually know because we're not operating in the state of consciousness that they were. So, and then you see, cause everything's everything's cyclical as we began to degrade and our level of consciousness fell we went from symbolism, like symbolic language, down into written, um, written language, linguistic language. And I, I, it, hope,
2: I hope, I hope, we're following the procession of the equinoxes. I hope
0: uh, <laughs> we are, man. We're like literally. We're,
2: I yeah. think we're. I think we're just coming out of the 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 Bronze Age. Yeah, I think we're just coming out of the Bronze Age now, according to some of the calculations. So hopefully yeah. we. Not in our lifetime, but hopefully we
0: cycle back. No, we definitely are, man. We're on the rise, and it's uh, we essentially. If you were to like, this is another thing that I always talk about. That if you were to look at it, um, just like we have our seasons, we have our circadian clock, and then the Earth has its seasons, and then on a grander scale, we have our seasonal um, clock, the great clock, the procession of the equinox, which controls our level of consciousness. We're literally at the bottom point of the furthest down we can hit. So now we begin to rise. like That's what it is. We've, we've hit the point of our deceleration. or I should say deceleration. We've hit the point of our um, descent. Yeah. And now we're, and now we're entering spring in, to relate that back to the, uh, to the Earth season. So yeah, things are going to begin to open up. And as we begin to open up, we open up on many levels. And one of them being more spiritual based. And that's yeah. why I feel more and more people are beginning to get interested in this shit and i think if you you could take anyone and if you give them if you give them nothing in just a room but a manly p hall book secret teachings of all ages i'm telling you that that work talks to your soul because it's like a lot of it may not be able to be factually proven yeah but, yeah, but when you read it you're like shit you're like that's of course that's correct You're like, that's so right. Like, everything. That's intuition. (laughs) Yeah, literally, yeah. And that's what it does to you, man. Like, you're reading it and you're just like, fuck. You're like, yes, manly. You're like, so spot on with that. And I, yeah, I think that's, um, I think that's due to our sort of souls, our spark, whatever's in there, it's yearning to learn about itself. So when you read stuff like this, that is just like quintessential truth yeah it's, it's like there's something inside of you that just resonates with it and you're just like yeah and it just opens you up then to a whole you know op- op- it opens up pandora's box essentially and then next thing you know you're uh balls deep in shapeshifting reptilians and flat earth and <laughs> all this stuff that might not be true but it opens you up into many avenues of um of just truth seeking. And, yeah yeah. and when you and when you are a truth seeker you come across a lot of bullshit as well like don't get me wrong there's but it that's that's in the pursuit of truth like not everything you come across is the truth and mm-hmm. really subjective but there are also objective truths or universal yeah, yeah, yeah. Truths. and it's those yeah, universal truths that are what resonate with you your mm-hmm. subjective truth is a little bit different but ob- but the collective truth is a whole yeah it really it really does um it really does work on you on such a on such a level that's hard to comprehend. And like you said, it takes something like your ayahuasca experience or a, a, some form of a theogenic, um substance um, ingestion in order to put you into to open up whatever needs to be opened up to be able to feel the truth. Because that's what you feel when you when you take these substances. It's it's again like you said, it's hard to explain and it's hard to put into words because it's a feeling,
2: yeah. and
0: and feelings are obviously transcend language. Yeah, yeah. yeah there's, so, there's so much to it, and uh, yeah, I, I really do think that these substance, like like you said, like the ayahuasca, the psilocybin, if you want, it might be like a straight up DMT, something around those lines. All of these substances, they have they're such powerful tools for self understanding, and it. Yeah. I mean, maybe not as extreme as them, but like in you can date it back to any ancient civilization with their with their sort of secret um, mystery schools, is what they were called S- back in the day. Soma, Soma.
2: Yeah. Have you ever? I mean, that was in ancient ancient India, you yes. know. And, and rather than, and some speculate that soma was uh, a concoction made of amanita muscaria. Mm-hmm. Um, but rather than have this uh, a kind of elixir fall into the wrong hands, they decided to destroy it. So again, there's not much evidence. Um, in terms of what soma really was but one of the things they mentioned that soma kind of led them to these higher states of consciousness and um you know states of enlightenment you know it can it can can those states be reached without uh you know uh ayahuasca and dmt and psilocybin yeah definitely but i also think it's
0: like it's a lifetime's think, worth of work to get to that.
2: Yeah, yeah. I forget who it was. I don't know if it was the guy from London Reel or someone else. He basically said it's, you know, ten years of psychotherapy packed into, you know, five hours. And you know, it goes even deeper than that. I, I use the analogy, you know, as we use tools, you know, uh, let's just say weights to improve our bodies so can we use these tools to improve our minds and our souls, right? You know, it's the same thing. Yeah. Um, You know, it's funny funny you mentioned truth, though, because that's become such a polarizing word, I think. And even just perusing uh, Instagram, you see it. Um, You know, we've got, I think, a more divisive society than ever now with Uh, things like flat earth and things like diet, Um, you know, how many more things can we use to divide us? Yeah. Um, Race politics, uh, you know, I mean, and now even if you just kind of express a different opinion, um, people just can't handle it. It's really, um, and you know, that's part of self-enfoldment as well as learning how to, You know, accept other people's opinions. You know, you and I, you know, through these talks, we're not going to be able to change someone's disposition. You can't help someone grow that doesn't want to help themselves. Mm -hmm. But, you know, what these talks can do is just, you know, provide a way for people to, you know, maybe take one step, even if it's just one step on a path toward more understanding spiritual growth, mental growth, physical growth, these kind of things. Um, But it's, yeah, it's really, I find it so interesting what's going on with society right now. I always find human behavior um, and human psychologically, uh, psychology, so interesting. Um, And I mean, again, Instagram is such a good example. I mean, you can spread so much disinformation and, so much bullshit and you can still have millions of followers, you know? And I mean, I think it's, you know, it's easier to follow people um, than it is to think for yourself and have critical thoughts and know, um, you know, you've got, and just, and I want to, I don't know where you stand uh, with the whole uh, flat earth thing, but I'll be, I'll be diplomatic
0: yeah i'm not i'm not really uh i'm not really a believer i like to entertain a lot a lot of the like i i do a lot of research into it like i like watching all the videos but it's not yeah. something that i attune to now
2: yeah and just one of the thing i wanted to touch on with that is that if you look at how they're presenting all their information they really do it like the government does so it's really what they do is they take and you can see they all have they all post their memes at like the same time like they have a little group and they're like Okay, we're going to take this meme now and we're going to completely misinterpret and (laughs) completely uh, use Orwellian speak uh, on on the true meaning. And so what they do is they kind of present this information. Like, for example, this one's been flying around for a while now. Sometimes I come across it on Instagram and it's the the firmament, the picture of the firmament with the dome across it and the guy peeking outside the dome. And then they go, oh, well, the ancients didn't think uh, the earth was round because look at all these pictures of the firmament. And they go, oh, the Norse, uh, the Chinese, um, you know, all the different uh, big civilizations. They show all the pictures, and they're all firmaments. And I'm just like, you know, it's clearly stated. I mean, even in Manly P. Hall's Secret Teachings of All Ages, he clearly states that people like Giordano Bruno, You know, Kepler, Plato, Pythagoras, all these people knew that or came to the realization that the earth was round. And, you know, they go back and say, oh, yeah, it's a government controlled. It's all this. But if you look at someone like Giordano Bruno, who gave his life for trying to argue to the Catholic Church, which was the power back Mm -hmm. in those days, the Catholic Church was the authoritative power. Uh, back in those days, and he- you mean to tell me he gave his life for something that he was so sure of, but now he 's completely wrong because of some evidence that may or not be valid in this day and age i just i don't i don 't see it man I really they, they twist information and they manipulate it to fit their narrative.
0: Yeah, it's like confirmation bias.
2: It's, yeah, it's, it's along the lines of that. But it's really, if you look at how they do it, it's really very similar to how the government does stuff, um, you know, trying to push their narrative. Um, you know, like going into Iraq, just for example. Oh, weapons of mass destruction. He, this, 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 this. They just completely lie, twist the narrative manipulate the narrative and they control the narrative so that that's all you see. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the true meaning is just completely lost. But I mean, that's, uh, you know, not to say, could, could the earth be flat? I mean, maybe, maybe. maybe. I don't, I don't want to be so, uh, I mean, I, yeah, it's a, it's a tough sell to me, but I try to, uh, keep things real and uh down to earth so to speak.
0: <laughs> yeah, I feel you man and it's uh yeah, the flat earth subject is something that it's actually picking up a lot of uh a lot of steam, a lot of momentum. Like there's a lot more people that are tuning in on it and it's like one of the a lot man yeah, within the sort of conspiracy world. It's like one of the main things now that people are looking for. Like people it's 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 interesting, like you said, how the inform, information, disinformation, misinformation is placed to draw people's attention, like to create the narrative. In that, everyone's arguing: Are you a flathead or a globehead? Are you flat or yeah, yeah. globe? And but while they're looking yeah. that way, behind the scenes, there's loads of other important shit. No one's talking yeah. about the Federal Reserve. No one's talking about yeah, like all yeah. of, like the yeah the Rothschilds, Rockefellers, all yeah. these, like slimy pieces of shit families yeah. that are just that they're the ones that are probably having something to do with uh, oh they're laughing
2: man they're yeah. they're laughing
0: yeah they're the ones who are probably pushing this uh this movement forward and they're just like sweet guys you keep arguing the earth's flat. fucking hell and that's
2: not that's not so far-fetched man you know we know back from the ufo days you know roswell new mexico we know that fbi cia infiltrated groups like this they infiltrated black power movement groups they infiltrated the ufo uh kind of conspiracy groups and they do this to take control of the narrative and discredit these people they plant little seeds of really nonsensical stuff so that these people start talking about it and then they're just like it completely discredits them so you know that's not so far-fetched yeah. i read that flat earth is a, uh, a psyop yeah and, you know that for me, that sounds more plausible because I mean I look at you know and I try to read you know what evidence they're per- they're they're bringing to the table, and I read it and I just like, you know man, it really you know and sometimes the truth is stranger than fiction, but yeah it's just for me it's it's hard to kind of uh pick up what they're what they're putting down um yeah. So for me, it's, I think it's more, it's strange because if, if, you know, if you read the comments, if someone leaves like a really valid comment that could be verified that can be fact checked, you never get a response. You never get a rebuttal. Um, and so that, those kind of things make me question mm-hmm. like, okay, like who's really behind this? Um, you know, is it really just some dude on YouTube that started it all? And yeah, to me, that's even worse. You know, is some dude on YouTube, you know, does he have more insights into the universe and the world than, uh, you know, people like Plato, Pythagoras, you know, Aristotle, you know, I could go on and on with these great names. Yeah. Um, but like, I don't know, how do you kind of sift through it all, man? Is it like-
0: it's, it's a mixture of everything, man. It's a mixture of what we were saying. It's a mixture of, understanding feeling and that intuitive sort of prowess that kind of combines it both and again like i've it's it's it is extremely um appetizing to 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 digest as much conspiracies as possible but i find that a lot of people within the spirit uh, sorry within the um conspiracy community is like that's their thing they it's all about conspiracy and they don't necessarily do any work on themselves yeah and because that's of that it's that's that, a really
2: good point man
0: yeah they're in that fierce state mentality where it's always looking for the conspiracy which to be honest most of the time everything is a conspiracy like don't mm-hmm. get me wrong like i'm one of the biggest conspiracy heads going but once mm-hmm. you start doing the work on yourself it's like your bullshit detector gets like an upgrade. And, yeah, yeah, indeed. Yeah. yeah, and you can, you're, you're more of a magnet to truth, and you're yeah. magnet, to, like you can, you can feel it. Like I was saying earlier, it's like it's stuff resonates with you, and yeah, just that that there's a lot of stuff that I read that, like you said as well, with psyops, eighty, ninety percent of it's true, but then they just sprinkle it with some bullshit. That and then once you know that there's bullshit there it discredits the whole thing so yeah. there's a lot of conspiracies that are true yeah. in essence but there's just there's certain bits certain points that have been manipulated have been twisted uh like you said then to kind of fit a narrative that that's wanted yeah. one, one to be pushed out and um like yeah the people that are on top like they're not. They're not. Uh, they're, they're not, not stupid.
2: Yeah, they're not they're stupid. No, no, no. They know full well what they're doing.
0: Yeah, these guys. These guys understand. These are the master psychologists of the world, and yeah. not only do they understand human psychology, they understand magic. Yeah, and they understand how to control psychology through magic, and that's literally the world that we live in. It's a magical world, but we're just kept within a narrow hey. bandwidth of it.
2: If you if you just if you only just look at Edward Bernays and uh, you know the beginning of public relations and propaganda, um, I mean you even read Edward Bernays' book Propaganda. They know how to manipulate yeah, man. our, our subconscious, and if, this is in advertising. Advertising is incredibly nefarious. I mean, they bypass our uh, conscious mechanisms and go to our subconscious, and then they get us, you know, clamoring for these things that we don't need or believing in things that don't serve us. You know, this is how propaganda works, and um, I recommend uh, a book for yourself and your viewers. Uh, it's called uh, Propaganda, the Formation of uh, Men's Attitude. I think it's by uh, Jacques Alol. Uh, I might have the title wrong. I think that's Edward Bernays book, but if you just look, uh, Jacques, Alol, a really brilliant, brilliant book on propaganda, you read that and you really get a way better insight into how uh, the world is uh, going down and how our society is running. Yeah, but they're, de- they're, de- they're not stupid. That's for sure. They know what they're doing.
0: Yeah. And they, they've run into a few hiccups along the road, like they wasn't expecting the internet, and then all of a sudden, all of their dirty secrets are widely available to everyone. And they're like, fuck. They're like, shit, okay, we need to react quickly. So what are we going to do? Okay, we're going to dilute this truth. We're going to let the truth stay. We can't yeah. get rid of it. But we're just going to yeah. dilute it with some shit. And yeah. that's pretty much what they've done. So it takes it takes a lot of research. It's the same as like you don't go from being a, a, a newbie who's never done one push-up ever in their life to being able to bench like 120 kilograms and do and do like crazy shit at the gym like it takes a lot of work and it's the same this it takes a lot of work it takes a lot of research it takes a lot of cross-referencing things it takes a lot of going down many rabbit holes that lead to be dead ends and then others turn out to be to connect with loads of other rabbit holes that you've been down and then you begin to see the picture. It's not, you can't come to the truth just through following one thing. Like everything yeah. is connected and you have yeah. to, you have to pursue multiple avenues, multiple tangents, streams of thought. Um, and then eventually you begin to build your own picture of what things of, what's it, what it's about. And yeah, it's, it's a long one, man. And it's taken me a long time to put together my own picture. And again, the picture is ever morphing, ever evolving. Yeah, it has
2: to be. That's, that's important. That's key. Yeah. Yeah. If if you arrive at a certain point in your life where you've, um, you know, "Ah, I don't need to do any more growing. I've, I've got all the answers. You know, there's a saying, um, if, the person who says they have all the answers hasn't asked all the right, all the questions. Yeah. Uh, and so really stagnation is I think death. And yeah. so you go out to constantly evolve. And even with, you know, my plant-based diet, my vegan lifestyle, that's constantly evolved. I don't just keep that stagnated.
0: Everything has to man. It's one of the, it's, it's one of the hermetic laws of the universe. Is yeah, right. indeed. Yeah. Every everything is about change everything changes it's in a yeah. state of change and if you deny yourself to ride that flow then oof, it's not gonna it's not gonna be a good time for you man and it's uh yeah that's something that i've been kind of confronting a lot recently it's like accepting change change in the way that i thought my business was gonna work out with the prime alchemy brand i had like this image that i visualized and thought that it was just going to go to plan according to that according to that path and yeah just allow myself to be like man just just accept change things are going to change things aren't going to be as you envisioned to begin with like you're still going to get to that end goal but the the path there is going to be different than you envisioned and yeah I've that's something I've been working on myself and it really does take the weight off your shoulders when you're open to change and and that can like there's a lot of stuff that people don't want to change in their life man maybe they're in a bad relationship but they're holding on to something they're holding on to their attachment yeah attachment They're, they're holding on to their past it's like they're anchored into the past and they're trying to move forward and it's just like fucking tight and they just can't get anywhere because they're scared to cut to cut the chain to cut that yeah. link to the past because that's what they def- maybe they were happy back then they define themselves as that point in time in the past where they were happy and they were joyful and s- things were right and then all of a sudden things start getting shit but they're it's because they kept the same person and they didn't evolve with the environment that they surrounded themselves in and in- and embedded themselves within and it yeah, yeah. It's-, it's it's so important man that cha- change really is everything and it's it's i don't know i think it's just programmed from a young age like someone stuff that my like my parents generation always say and probably be, be, um before that it's like no one ever changes mm mm-hmm. you can never cha- you can never really change and you keep hearing that over and over again and you think someone that you met a year ago is going to be the same person like most of the time they probably will be but yeah a lot of the
2: times they are really
0: yeah, a lot of the times they are but like it doesn't have to be that's not 100% fact you never know they might have you don't know what's going on in their life you don't know if you met someone a year ago what they were going through in their life and you met them at that specific time might not have been them at all it might have just been like um a front that was based on a reaction to a certain circumstance in their life and now you meet them again and they're a completely different person you're like fuck man what the hell happened to you and then Yeah. yeah So and people
2: true. people really resist that. That's interesting because let's say if you have a group of friends, um, and you change, you start on this path of growth. You'll find that your your social circle really resists that. They really start to ostracize you and like, ah, oh, why are you why are you acting so weird? Why are you talking about weird shit now? It's yeah. really it's confronting for other people when you start to grow as an individually. And really start to you know go after let's say genuine truth it's people can't handle it it's confronting for them it's you know they look at you and they just go oh, like what's go- what's going on with you why uh you know why are you talking about all this weird stuff why are you why are you changing because yeah. they they you know some people go through their entire lives and hold on to, you know, the same thoughts they had when they were 17, 18, 19 years old until they die. Um, you know, so it's, it's, it's tough for them to see that kind of change. Yeah. You know, I, I, I don't have a, a large social circle for that reason, you know. That's, yeah.
0: that's the way it's got to be, man. People People are comfortable with where they're at. And once you get comfortable, you get you get lazy and yeah. what, and then people don't like to see people that are breaking out of the norm like because it, yeah. it puts up a mirror to them to see their own weakness yeah. and they're like fuck i don't like this so i'm just going to smash that mirror and bring the other person down in the process yeah and yeah there's like um i forgot exactly who it is with the saying but it was like people aren't scared of the unknown they're scared of the known coming to an end Mm, and that, yeah, that's and see, that's that's the whole process of change. It's like people are just scared of what they are now coming to an end because they're comfortable yeah. with it. And
2: yeah. and you know it, that's the that's the ego and the 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 physical organism. Like our body seeks comfort; it wants to be in a warm survival, warm environment. It wants to be comfortable. And then the ego also, if you notice, when you start to build, let's say, uh, habits that give you value. Mm-hmm. You'll notice, and you can, and this is a very interesting thing that I started catching, is that, let's say, for example, if you set your alarm for 5 in the morning because um, you want to get up, meditate, do some yoga, whatever, um, you'll set your alarm for 5 in the morning, and if it's not a habit that you've had for years, you, the alarm goes off, and the first thing that's going to go for your mind, if you're not entirely and completely disciplined, Uh, And if you don't get out of bed immediately, it's like, ah, did I get enough sleep uh, (laughs) last night? Um, Oh, well, I woke up at, you know, two, three to go to the bathroom or I had to take my dog out. Um, You know, so maybe, maybe I just sleep another hour, a couple hours and I do it later. You know, and that's the ego um, trying to keep you in that state of comfort because the ego likes, like the physical body, likes comfort. It likes what it knows. So that's a really interesting thing kind of like a little tip to 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 recognize the ego every now and then but it, it's interesting
0: yeah man it's um and this ties in very nicely to something that i kind of a philosophy that I hold, which is essentially like it's it's the being slit it's being enslaved to our sort of carnal animalistic nature and comfort yeah. it's like very primal in nature that we're it's like our old sort of Savage self, and that's what I really believe. That um, was a misinterpretation to do with animal um, sacrifice in order to please the gods. I really believe that what that what the essence of that really means is to sacrifice your own animal self, and inside of you, on the altar of your heart. And if you mm-hmm. open your heart up and sacrifice these animalistic natures of lust, pride, all the seven deadly sins literally if you sacrifice that part of yourself on the altar of your heart then the god within answers like that that's that's kind of my philosophy on things and you got to get out of your comfort zone you got to get out of your comfort zone and it's it's so important and it's something that i've seen with a lot of people in my own life and just how simple decisions can change your path and you can like for example, I've got friends that I grew up with. We we all went, we all grew up together, went to the same school together, and then there was a decision made after school, and I went one way, and they went the other way, and it's interesting to see how our lives has played out from there. They have a very comfortable life, I have a very uncomfortable life. But then if you compare the experiences we've had, this is nothing on them. This is some. This is just where they're at within their own progression, but it's a completely different story it's like we got we all got to chapter six together and then a whole new book was written for our lives uh, from moving on from that and it's um yeah it it all stems from having the bravery to confront your fear of change step out and then go with the flow yeah See, see what happens for you man and yeah i know there's and I, it take it takes a brave person to take a sip of uh, ayahuasca. It takes a brave person mm. to take their first toke on a fucking DMT when the DMT is lit at the end of the pipe, and you, and it's like, whew, here we go, mm. here we go, yeah. and because you know, you know that you're not coming out the same person. Like literally, yeah. once you take that cup and you drink it, and you've got the, you've got that half an hour or so before it sets in, you're like, well this is the this is the age old um yeah this is the age old cycle of well death of the old self and i'll be reborn in yeah, six hours a, time
2: yeah set set setting an intention is everything i i wouldn't recommend people because i know some people do do it with uh just because they want to get high or something or they want to try yeah. something or they're in that phase of trying you know every every drug out there but i wouldn't recommend it going down that road yeah yeah indeed um i've talked to a lot of people who've had some bad trips uh in that in that uh context yeah yeah.
0: because of that once they have those bad trips they then demonize it and they're yeah yeah. They just have this negative outlook on it because of where they were at psychologically when they take when they took the substance in the first place and it's it's never the substance it's yeah. it's the it's the user of the substance and where they're at, and yeah. depending on where they're at, it's going to dictate where the experience takes them from there. And yeah, there's just oh, the the path of self mastery, Blaine. It's a it's a hard one. There's, but it's I think it's the most
2: worthwhile path that you can take. Yeah, you know, materialism, wealth, success. You know. For me, it's just, yeah, I. it's funny. I look back, you know, and okay, yes, we in, in the society we live in nowadays, you know, we all need money uh, to live and survive. Um, you know, I wish we could go to more towards Jacques Fresno's vision of a, a resource-based economy, but that's another thing. But, uh, yeah, it's just, I mean, we see it through all the, millionaires committing suicide you know Robin Williams Heath Ledger uh, mm-hmm. you know we see the drug problems Amy Winehouse uh, Chester Bennington I mean I, I go on on and on and on um, you know we see these wealthy millionaire um, people who could buy whatever they want and have whatever they want they're you know in the highest and elite of society um, you know, maybe not uh, at the very, they're certainly not at the top of the hierarchy, you know, but they can buy whatever they want, you know? And apparently that's, you know, the the dream now is, you know, to get enough money to be able to afford whatever you want to buy. But I mean, that didn't seem to help them with their depression, with their loneliness, with their anxiety, with their just overall feeling of emptiness. So, I mean, we, yeah, it's, you know, for me, Self-enfoldment and growth, and you know that path of self-master is just the most important one that we need to take in our society. And yeah, it,
0: yeah, yeah. It's it's important, man. something that always rings rings a bell with me and really resonates with me. Is something that um, a friend of mine said, uh, Andrew Lowe, that she told me. She goes that you can't fill a sourced size hole in your heart with material bullshit. And it's true. Like the only thing that's gonna fill that hole is gonna be you, yeah. like your connection to Source, and yeah. and it's the quest to get back that hole. It's the quest to fill that hole, and then it's um, yeah, the the whole the whole process of living living your bliss, following following your purpose, pursuing your own hero's journey, go, go facing your trials and tribulations having your spiritual death and rebirth facing your dragon coming out the other side with the treasure it's all part of the journey and it's something that uh yeah it takes a takes a rare soul to fully to fully chase that dream especially within today's world as well today's world we're kept so easily distracted from pursuing something of that of that level of yeah. that magnitude yeah um we're kept to be we're kind of programmed to keep things on a realistic level yeah yeah, yeah. and uh stay practical. in line keep, yeah keep, keep it practical yeah you you, you yeah you, that's what i mean a very scarcity basis like oh make sure you got enough money to pay the rent oh yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah just a lot of shit yeah. that keeps you from really like putting yourself out there because it's like fuck man you think uh, hercules when he was going through his 12 labors to become a demigod that he was interested in what the latest shit was going on around the whorehouses of uh, ancient greece or what the yeah. word on the street was about him he didn't give a fuck he yeah. was doing it. he was on his own mission he was on his mission to become a god and that's the only way man if you want to if you want to climb to the heavens it's a it's a journey yeah and that's something and that, that, that,
2: That's part of the system. They want that in place in there. They want us working eight, nine hours a day, right? Yeah, because then we can't start reflecting on the state of things, the state of us, the state of society. You know, as long as we're working eight, nine hours a day, I'm lucky enough not to have a, a nine-to-five job. Uh, but as long as you know majority of the people are doing that nine to five grind you know they don't they don't wanna they don't have time for much else they come home mm-hmm. they uh they're either too they're too tired to go and move and you know take care of their bodies and take responsibility for their bodies uh and so a lot of the times they go home they sit on the couch uh, watch some tv go to bed eat dinner, or eat dinner go to bed and then they repeat the same thing so i mean it's part of the system why it's all you
0: know for sure man and that's why we need fucking manly p hoback. yeah we need we need we need people like him <laughs> or back, or, man.
2: or a re- reincarnation of him <sighs> I, yeah. I have yet i have yet to find another individual who has possessed uh, his the amount of knowledge and wisdom that he possessed and not to say that he was infallible you know there's things that um we know today that he couldn't have known back then yeah, I think he was just, I mean, the amount of, I mean, even just listening to his lectures, I mean, you need two lifetimes, I think, you know, to really sit down with all of his lectures, his thousands of lectures, and to truly understand everything he said. I would need, I you would need, you know, a life, at least two lifetimes. But he did it in, you know, one. So he was one of those, avatars uh yeah, i think that uh, is sent cool. to us every now and then um to kind of show us the way you know like buddha like pythagoras like some of the ancient rishis uh of india uh yeah
0: yeah man he i hold i hold him as number one he's got he's my number one spot of my influential heroes in my life yeah and yeah he's and obviously he's not been around for a while now but his work is just Eternal, like yeah. it's, it's, it, it's eternal truth. Yeah. And it's, uh, yeah, there's, I wonder, I wonder what his soul is up to nowadays. He's probably just chilling in the astral realm, just in, just in a constant state of bliss, not giving up yeah. f- about the shit that's going on. He's probably looking down being like, why are these imbeciles arguing if the world's flat? <laughs> like, did you not read the book for fuck's he, sake?
2: He could have, he could have very well broke, uh, broke his karmic cycle. Um, so maybe yeah. he didn't get, cause I mean the whole, Um, goal is, you know, through growth, through self enfoldment is to break that karmic cycle of being reborn into this physical reality. And, you know, Plato said, you know, we don't go to hell when we die, but when we're born. So, you know, maybe this physical reality is purgatory and, you know, it's our duty. uh, And this goes back to Buddha saying it's not a playground, it's a school. And we go to school to learn and grow and unfold not our current education system but
0: <laughs> yeah i mean you got you got to think before educational systems were in place like what 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 the world would have been like and what people's day-to-day life would have been like there would have been a lot more time for contemplative yep. practices and just yep. time to just explore just to explore yourself explore the world at night where there is no night uh, light pollution you'd look yep. up at the stars and you'd see the heavens above. Yeah. And that was that's a fucking psychedelic experience in itself. Like if mm-hmm. I, I there was um, a few years ago, I used to work on a cruise ship, and we'd be out deep into the deep into the Atlantic, deep into the Pacific, deep in many oceans where there is no surrounding land, no light pollution or anything of that matter. And when you're out on deck at like one o'clock in the morning and looking up, obviously you can see everything. And yeah, it just it just instantly like that just puts you into a different state of consciousness and you're just like yeah, I bet. you're like fuck man you're just like there's there's so much there's so yeah, there's so yeah. much to know and it's uh yeah that's that really does strike the um or i should say ignite the fire of seeking truth when you have those sort of experiences and uh yeah I'm just looking at the time blame we're gonna have to uh tie this one up we've gone, wrap it up yeah, yeah. <laughs> wrap this one up but yeah I fucking love it man it was good just being able to hang with you and just be able to have a good conversation with you i know we went back and forth before when we were getting the uh the theme song and everything uh sort of dialed in but yeah I really love talking to you man and it's um it's been good just to have some of your insights on some subjects and yeah I think I think uh hopefully everyone that's been listening is kind of taking something out of this and a little bit of a different podcast than normally guys, not very fact based, but it's not always about the facts. Like this is just a good talk in which hopefully yeah. you can like resonate with some of the messages that uh me and Blaine were kind of just uh briefly covering. And then again, every like we were saying, like it's you might have picked up on little things here and there that'll take you down a few rabbit holes. There might have been a few um keywords that stick in your mind. Checking them out. Investigate. That's what it's all about, right, Blaine?
2: Yeah, man, cool. I'm, uh, I'm. I was happy to do this. I like. I like things like this, and even if it just is a uh, uh, just a conversation, uh, you know, sharing ideas, sharing thoughts. I mean, that's also uh, helpful and has a lot of value. Uh, but maybe, maybe we can come. Maybe I can come on again, and we can talk about some other stuff.
0: Uh, yeah, for uh, sure, man. Like again, like you said, this is this is a. Uh, it's a deep rabbit hole to fall down and there's so many topics that you can discuss, so many philosophies to be, um, sort of explored so so much. Um, yeah, we can do this again, man. We can, we can hop on Instagram live sometime Yeah. um, yeah, I'm sure we can set something up and just, uh, just before we finish up, Blaine, uh, where can people find more of you? Like what's your sort of, well, um, I'll post it all into the show notes anyway, but just yeah. for everyone that's listening now and they might want to, see it like straight up it's um so like your social media handles if you got a website because again this your full-time job it's like you're a health coach pt right
2: yeah 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 movement coach yeah. Uh, yoga instructor
0: yeah yeah so again if you just uh if you hook us up with all the details of where to find more of you and then um yeah hopefully uh hopefully you'll get a few new peeps showing up and dropping you some dms saying that they really enjoyed uh, our talk cool man
2: yeah just right now i've only got my my instagram uh, up and running on Phi the poet uh, the path of uh, Phi, uh just because i just want to focus i don't want to spread my energy too much um so i want to focus on my music i want to focus uh getting my ep out uh, at least uh by middle of march end of march i've really been procra- not procrastinating but just things coming up i've been putting it off putting it off so i really want to uh, focus and get that out and once i get my first ep out i can start working on my other one so it's just the the fi- the, the, the path of fire right now man
0: okay and you've also got some uh you got some tracks on spotify as well right
2: yeah yeah indeed i've got two singles uh for the upcoming ep on spotify you can find that uh fire the poet uh my soundcloud "Fire the poet um i'm just again waiting to get my ep out and then i'll have a a more steady flow of uh of music
0: cool and have you got a website for your um for your movement coaching or anything like that no no i'm
2: I'm, I'm working on how to kind of coalesce everything it's not so easy um but i think i might just need to separate the two
0: Yeah. yeah all right man cool that's uh it's great having you on blaine we're uh we we'll call this one a night for episode 40 of the Red Pill Initiation Hour. Guys, as always, I hope you loved it. And stay woke as fuck, and I'll catch you on the next episode.